For any sized gift before Ash Wednesday, February 22nd, we'll send you my 2023 Lenten devotional booklet. Make a secure online donation at thewordendoors.org or make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. And we'll send you my new devotional booklet for Lent. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. So right there, folks, let's be done with the nonsense that praying a set prayer, a memorized prayer, something you've learned by heart, is somehow inferior to the excorde prayer that comes spontaneously. Jesus actually teaches them when they pray, these are the words that they need to say. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Well, last time we stopped in at the house of Martha, which I assumed was not the same as her ancestral home in Bethany which was right by Jerusalem, and that maybe explains why Lazarus receives no mention in this account. Martha welcomes Jesus and his twelve to her place, and she proceeds to prepare a meal for them, perhaps a post-Sabbath day service meal. But Martha's irritation grows as she sees her sister Mary just sitting there doing nothing, nothing that is, but filling up her soul with the sweet words which drip from Jesus' lips. So Martha begins to have a big pity party for herself as she's slaving away in the kitchen until finally she can't take it anymore and interrupts Jesus' teaching to demand that he order her sister to get into that kitchen and lend her a hand. Meals don't make themselves after all. But Jesus stops Mary from leaving and he speaks tenderly to Martha, chiding her for placing the urgent and time-bound over the vital and eternal. Mary chose the better portion. She chose the meal Jesus was serving up in his words, and he had more teaching to do, as he even here invites Martha to lose the busyness and give him an ear and join Mary in choosing the one thing needful. A continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Luke 11, verses 1 to 4. Let us pray. O Lord, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give us more than we either desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us, we beg you, those good things which we simply are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So you're ready to work through today's passage together? Let's ponder it. Verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So it is truly striking, given all the astounding things that the disciples saw Jesus do, that this is the sole thing they asked him to teach them. Once again, Luke highlights how Jesus lived in prayerful communion with his Father. Seems he was always praying, always turning toward his Father. And it is as he finished up this time of prayer for the moment that the request comes from one of the disciples, that, teach us to do that like you do, like John did for his disciples. Now that last bit makes me wonder if the request came from Andrew or Philip since they had first been disciples of the Baptist, see John 1 verse 35 and following. And if you check out the way Jesus and the church after him came to pray, with the sorts of prayers you encounter all over the Old Testament, there is one thing that stands out immediately as different, the address. Jesus prays to God as a beloved son, prays to a father in whose love he is absolutely secure. And when he teaches prayer to us, he quite simply carries us along with him into that relationship with the father. The Lutheran small catechism captured this so succinctly when pondering the opening words of the Our Father. Listen, with these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and we are his true children so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. That's what happens when you learn prayer from Jesus. You learn to think of God as the father who dearly loves you and so you learn how to ask him for great things with boldness and with confidence. So the request is put, and I imagine the request delighted Jesus' heart. He answers, verse 2, and he said to them, when you pray, say. So right there, folks, let's be done with the nonsense that praying a set prayer, a memorized prayer, something you've learned by heart, is somehow inferior to the ex corde prayer that comes spontaneously. Jesus actually teaches them when they pray, these are the words that they need to say. He gives them the very words. And this is clearly how the first Christians understood what Jesus meant. The Didache, probably written even before the last bit of the New Testament was composed, prescribes that Christians are to say the words of the Lord's Prayer no less than three times each day, morning, noon, and evening. CD. K. paragraph 8. Or consider again the Lutheran small catechism, which prescribes it, assuming that you eat three times a day, no less than eight times each day before and after each meal and then at rising and then at going to bed. The liturgical churches all use the Lord's Prayer in every single service and sometimes even more than once in a given liturgy. These words are the foundational lex orandi, the law of prayer for the Christian's life. One more brief quote from the Lutheran Confessions, this time from the Large Catechism. 
Besides this, we should be moved and drawn to prayer. For in addition to this commandment and promise, God expects us and has given and arranged the words and form of the prayer for us. He places them on our lips for how and what we should pray so that we may see how heartily he pities us in our distress and may never doubt that such prayer is pleasing to him and shall certainly be answered. Moving on, Father, hallowed be your name. The manuscripts that have the shorter version are what we'll follow today, and they're reflected in the ESV text. If you've got the King James Version, that, of course, has the longer option. So note that in the shorter version, there's no our attached to Father, but it's clearly implied by the plurals in the later petitions, which is huge. The Christian does not approach God alone, not ever. He always approaches with Christ and so with Christ's whole church. It's not me and God when we turn to prayer. We, in fact, only dare to call our creator by the name Father because Jesus has invited us to do that very thing. But having invited us into that, we beg our Father that his name would be kept holy by the words we say and by the things we do. Don't let me disgrace your holy name. Don't let me bring shame on my kind Father but rather glorify him in my life. That's the top thing we ask. Then, your kingdom come. That is to me, to all here, everywhere. The kingdom is the reign of Christ, which now is, but is hidden, and will finally be manifest and visible on the great day of the Savior's return. So we ask that we may more and more bend the knee to our king and do his will, and that others would join in this as well. Verse 3. Give us each day our daily bread. The prayer for daily bread looks back to the manna in the wilderness and how God provided what the people needed each day. And remember how they couldn't store it up, how it rotted when they tried. So we are praying for trust to receive from God what we need for each day and not to give our lives over to fretting. The prayer itself reminds us, we have a loving heavenly father who will attend to our needs and the needs of the whole church, the us and the our, dare not be overlooked. We're asking this, not just for ourselves, but for the entire family of God. We stand before him as a single whole. Verse four, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Again, the us and the our. If the prayer is intended for daily use, as it manifestly is, then we are confessing that we need to ask God's forgiveness each and every day, for we all daily sin much. But notice, too, how we cannot, we dare not ask him to forgive us without us being committed to forgiving all those who are indebted to us, who have sinned against us, who have hurt us, who have done us dirty and wrong. The community of the family of God stands as one with Christ, begging for forgiveness, as we'll hear him later pray, even as he is being crucified. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, verse 34. And lead us not into temptation. Pope Francis stirred up quite a controversy over this petition when he argued that it really ought to be changed, that it's too susceptible to misunderstanding. Most Christians, however, have chosen to stick with the exact words Jesus told us to pray, despite the possibility of misunderstanding. It's true, we mustn't hear or pray them as though God were tempting or luring anyone into sin. 
James makes it clear that never happens. James 1, verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But then what is Jesus teaching us to ask here? Tertullian, the theologian from the late 2nd and early 3rd century, succinctly gives the answer. Do not allow us to be led by the tempter. And that's the sum of the prayer as it's given to us in those many manuscripts of Luke's gospel. The church, however, has always used the longer version found in some of the manuscripts and in all the manuscripts of Matthew 6 to supply the form which she teaches her children to use each and every day and whenever they come together as the family of God. Now, that's where we're going to call our stop for today. Next up, even more on prayer and why we simply should not give up in prayer if it seems like God isn't listening. Jesus wants us to learn to trust his Father's love. And so to be impudent, persistent, stubborn even, he makes an awesome promise after telling us to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. He says that everyone who asks receives, the seeker finds, the knocker gets the door open. And then he turns to an example from family life. You got kids, he says, think about it. A child asks his father for something to eat like a fish. The father's going to give him something that hurts him, like a serpent or a scorpion? Of course not. And Jesus says, if you who are evil, I just love how he drops that in there. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't that beautiful? If you ask the father for the spirit, it is always his joy and delight to give him to you. Never doubt it. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.